That's in the Bible, episode 22. A man questions the act of salvation. And he's also a Yankees fan. Times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric and I think this might be the most people we've ever had on on one episode tonight. Uh, we have, let's see, let's do you guys on Skype first. We've got uh, Matthew over in beautiful, uh, sunny downtown Liverpool, New York. Not too sunny, a little bit cold, but it's good to be here. And it's probably a little dark now at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah, a little on the dark side. We've also got uh, Steve joining us from beautiful uh, Western New York. Absolutely, good to be here. Steve, what kind of fan are you again? <laughs> I am a uh, distant Cubs fan. Oh, distant. Okay, he's he's distancing himself now. <laughs> In Western New York, you know, it's kind of distant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And we also have joining us for the first official time, Pastor Strobel from beautiful Lockport, New York. It's good to be here with you. Thanks for joining us, Pastor Strobel. And in studio, we've got, returning again, you've been here three or four times, right, Pastor Matt? Yes, yes, I have. So welcome back. And our um, our questioner today, our inquisitor, is uh, Mike from, where are you from, Mike? <laughs> Excuse me, I'll just say I'm from Liverpool. From Liverpool. Mm-hmm. All right, Liverpool, New York. Beautiful yeah. Liverpool, New York. So yeah. a lot of Liverpoolians, Liverpudlians, I guess is the correct <laughs> the correct term, huh? So welcome. Glad to have you guys here. And Mike is going to be, um, well, actually, Mike and I work together, and we've been kind of talking about doing something like this for a while, um, particularly when he has uh, some Bible questions, and I think there might even be a baseball question or two. He's going to throw in, because you are a big Yankees fan, aren't you, Mike? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Thank you. It's the, Really, this is not going to be a, a, a Yankee show, so all the people who were expecting a lot of questions about the Yankees, that's not, that's but if, not what my intention was. Well, if we get any call-in questions about yes. the Yankees, we'll, we'll defer to you. Okay. Absolutely. In case the phone rings, which I need to turn my phone off. That's a good thing. I don't have it on mute. All right, well, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and get started, and uh, even though usually we give it a little bit more time, I do have a an audio clip here, and it has to do with uh, our current President of the United States, and uh, I thought maybe we would just uh, maybe take a listen to um, just a few sound bites that uh, have been put together that uh, actually Matt found this on YouTube, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the actual YouTube video. Um, that has it, and uh, we'll listen to a little bit of this, and then we'll spend a little time maybe commenting, and then we'll go right into our questions. So here is our quote of the day. Given the increasing diversity of America's populations, the dangers of sectarianism are greater than ever. Whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation, at least not just, we are also a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation, and a Buddhist nation, and a Hindu nation, and a nation of non-believers. And even if we did have only Christians in our midst, 
If we expelled every non-Christian from the United States of America, whose Christianity would we teach in the schools? Would it be James Dobson's or Al Sharpton's? Which passages of scripture should guide our public policy? Should we go with uh, Leviticus, which uh, suggests slavery is okay, and that eating uh, shellfish is an abomination? Or we could go uh, with uh, Deuteronomy, which suggests stoning your child if he strays from the faith? Or should we just stick to the Sermon on the Mount, a passage that is so radical that it's doubtful that our own Defense Department would survive its application? We. So before we get carried away, let's read our Bibles now. Folks haven't been reading their Bible. Which brings me to my second point. Democracy demands that the religiously motivated translate their concerns into universal rather than religion-specific values. What do I mean by this? It requires that their proposals be subject to argument and amenable to reason. Now, I may be opposed to abortion for religious reasons, to take one example, but if I seek to pass a law banning the practice, I can't simply point to the teachings of my church or evoke God's will. I have to explain why abortion violates some principle that is accessible to people of all faiths, including those with no faith at all. Now this is, is going to be difficult for some who believe in the inerrancy of the Bible, as many evangelicals do, but in a pluralistic society we have no choice. Politics depends on our ability to persuade each other of common aims based on a common reality. It involves compromise, the art of what's possible. And at some fundamental level, religion doesn't allow for compromise. It's the art of the impossible. If God's spoken, then followers are expected to live up to God's edicts, regardless of the consequences. Now, to base one's own life on such uncompromising commitments may be sublime, but to base our policy-making on such commitments would be a dangerous thing. And, and if you doubt that, let me just give you an example. We all know the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham's ordered by God to offer up his only son. Without argument, he takes Isaac up to the mountaintop, he binds them to the altar, raises his knife, prepares to act as God commanded. Now, we know things worked out. You know, God sends down angel to intercede at the very last minute. Abraham passes God's test of devotion. But it's fair to say that if any of us leaving this church saw Abraham on the roof of a building, raising his knife, we would, at the very least, call the police and expect the Department of Children and Family Services to take Isaac away from Abraham. We would do so because we don't hear what Abraham hears. We don't see what Abraham sees. And so the best we can do is act in accordance with those things that we all see and that we all hear, be it common laws or, or basic reason. So we have some work to do here, but I am hopeful that we can bridge the gap that exists and overcome uh, the prejudices that all of us to one degree or another bring to this debate.
Uh, and I have faith that millions of believing Americans want that to happen. No matter how religious they may be or may not be, people are tired of seeing faith used as a tool of attack. They, they, don't want, they don't want faith used to belittle or to divide, because in the end, that's not how they think about faith in their own lives. So, um, any comments? would take a whole show just to comment on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about a little piece of it? <laughs> wow. Where do we start with rightly dividing the word of truth? Yeah, Amen. that'd be a good place. <laughs> to, um, he may be tired of having uh, faith uh, used to attack, but people of faith are also tired of having their faith attacked. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, just like uh, Pastor Schrobel was saying, I mean, you know, Second Timothy 2.15 says, The study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we got to, he's talking about Leviticus, you know, going back to Leviticus and talking about it uh, sanctioned slavery and all this kind of stuff and stoning in, in, in uh, the book of Deuteronomy and stuff like that. In the Old Testament, yes, that's what it said. And But, you know, if you study your scriptures, the, the Old Testament, a lot of the Old Testament isn't to us today. You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you, you can't just say that with uh, with uh, being Bible ignorant, you know, and, and especially for the President of the United States of America, which, you know, us on this show, we've, we've given a lot of scripture verses, or not even scripture verses, but uh, quotes from the founding fathers and also presidents from then on that have said that you need this gospel of Jesus Christ to rule the nation or the people just go crazy. And, uh, you know, I think about Hebrews chapter 9, and it says in verse 16, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So, you know, the Old Testament is done away with by the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. And, and uh, we're not uh, told to stone our kids anymore, you know, if, uh, if they don't obey their parents. Uh, we're told to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And, uh, and uh, now that we're saved, obey uh, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ um, and what he tells us to do in the New Testament, you know. And, and uh, so it's just sad to see the, the President of the United States belittling the, uh, the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. Amen. Just to piggyback on some of that that you said, Matt, was the, is the fact that he's pulling Scripture out to, to create uh, an initial opinion by people to side with him in, in the direction that he wants to go. Uh, you know, creating outrage or whatever by, you know, Abraham and Isaac or stoning children, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but what he's really advocating and what he, of course, he didn't use the term, but he's, he's advocating situation ethics uh, where whatever the circumstance may dictate, that's the thing that you do. In other words, if it's okay to lie because you're going to do something or, or protect somebody or do whatever, it's okay to lie. It's okay to steal under certain circumstances. And so there's no absolute. Therefore, each situation determines what's right and what's wrong. That's situation ethics. Of course, that's been taught in our school systems and, and uh, you know, passed on from generation to generation, and that's become pretty much a norm. Um, but that's not Bible. Um, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, salvation. You talked about, uh, you know, uh, the responsibility of parents, the responsibility of husbands, the responsibility of wives, the responsibility of employers, 
you know, the, all of those things teach are, are taught in, in the scriptures. And, of course, he just kind of goes by all of that and uh, picks up the obscure to try to prove a point. Uh, I think he's trying to create uh, an agenda for people to follow, and uh, he's just uh, manipulating things to uh, suit his purposes. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Uh, yeah, when, when I think of, uh, you know, we look at our money and it says in God we trust, and we look at the uh, presence of the, uh, the past and that, that, uh, that we found that, the, that America was founded upon the, the Word of God, upon uh, the Ten Commandments, and, and, uh, and we find just as I've been preaching through the book of Hosea, and uh, we've seen how Israel had turned from the rejected knowledge of God, they turned to other gods, and they found themselves under judgment. And uh, and and it seems like yeah, God, America has rejected the knowledge of God, and we're going to find judgment upon America. Uh, yeah. And uh, and that's exactly uh, what we see when we're, you know, when we when we leave the Word of God. Amen. Well, the the basic premise of what he began the quote with um, is unfortunately true as far as the condition of our nation and the, the diversity of uh, religions, but and, and so forth. But the problem is. What we're doing as America is something that other countries aren't doing, and and we're willing to relinquish our heritage to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. And, and other countries, if we were to ask them to relinquish their heritage, we'd be, uh, you know, laughed out of the building or booed or hissed. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're losing. And in in the name of accepting everybody else, which it's okay to you know get along with people, but what about our heritage? Amen. Why don't Why don't we stand up for that? Have some American heritage rallies where the Bible is uh, put back in its proper place and our our true history is uh, brought brought into the forefront for our young people to see. Amen. Well, one of the things that you know, again, uh, just try to bring this back into into focus. Uh, you know, the the founding fathers that that uh, put our country in on the map and so forth. Uh, you know, all of the things that they did as far as, you know, you look in the Federalist Papers and so forth, they used Bible principles to establish pretty much everything that they, they created from the, uh, you know, as far as our laws and, are concerned. And they found Bible uh, either principles or, or direct uh, uh, examples of things. And uh, uh, one of the, the ways of interpreting the Constitution is... is uh, uh, just the, the thought just escaped me. Um, original intent. And, of course, there's a different philosophy. Uh, that's what that whole Bork thing was all about when they, when they uh, Borked Mr. Bork. <laughs> he was is one that, that viewed the Constitution and tried to go back to its original intent, whereas the, the progressive movement likes to, to try to uh, create a, uh, how shall I say, a living document that flows and ebbs uh, you know, with the times, so that uh, they can change it as they see fit, which obviously is evidenced by a lot of the laws that have been been taken place, and we're just seeing a, a progression of that that's reaching out. You know, almost sounded as if he had disdain for the evangelicals that uh, you know are wanting to have a. a um, God at least recognized in the in the uh, in our country and and uh, in its in its system. And I guess the the biggest thing that I'm not here to try to create a theocratic uh, 
uh, government, you know, a church-state government. Uh, it's not what my intent is or what I believe most of the intent of uh, Bible-believing Christians are. Uh, I think that, you know, what we want to do is just be able to have an influence on those from a biblical perspective and and uh, be able to debate it without the scorn and the and the ridicule and all the other things, the disdain that we seem to get. Um, you know, it just uh, it, it just shows that we're coming to the end time where the Christians have have in generations past have lacked the backbone to stand up for the things that we're talking about right now and just let them take ground. And now we're trying to take ground and they they don't want to give it back to us. So hmm. we're we're struggling in a in a in a system where. Uh, the end is coming. The Lord's going to come back. The church ends in apostasy, the Laodicean time. And uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're struggling on several fronts to try to get back uh, a biblical perspective on things. And I, you know, I just think that, too, you, you know, you look at the Bible cor- corruptors and the translators of all the corrupt new versions since the King James, and, uh, you know, they just try and change the the words of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and, and uh, around, you know, and, and take things out. And uh, I, you just see that going on with the government now as well, taking all these biblical principles out of the Constitution uh, just because they like what they do. They like their sin. They like uh, living ungodly. And, uh, you know, when you have those rules and regulations set up, it really convicts that person. And I believe, you know, when I think Obama's, President Obama said uh, that we need to look over the prejudices of faith. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't use faith to divide or attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, I feel attacked when he's saying that because, I mean, who else other than biblical Christians go out there and try and tell people that they're on their way to a burning hell because the Lord Jesus Christ said so. And, uh, you know, no other uh, religion out there goes out there and, and uh, you know, warns people. And, you know, people believe they're under attack when we do that, but we're doing it in a loving way, you know. And, and uh, I just believe that uh, there's rough times ahead, and uh, all we can do is just uh, uh, just preach the gospel. Maybe a couple of last thoughts for me here, and that is in regard to dividing. I'm going to give you three quotations. First, John chapter 7, verse 43. Speaking of Jesus Christ, it says, So there was a division among the people because of him. John chapter 9, verse 16. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. Mm-hmm. John chapter 10, verse 19. Speaking again of Jesus, There was a division therefore again among the Jews for these sayings. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's always going to be a division. The yeah. Lord's going to speak, the Lord speaks the truth, those that speak for him, um, it'll cause a division. Whether we're trying to divide or not, that's not our intent, but uh, doctrine and truth uh, divides, divides uh, the people that believe it from the people that don't. That's the way it always has been. And one last thing, too, about the, um, just the whole comment in the putting out of the scriptures, kind of like Steve meant, uh, pulling out, or said, pulling out obscure passages and so forth. Um, It it just seems there's uh, an agenda there, and kind of a a straw man or a straw dummy set up when he talks about the premise of uh, if we if we expel everybody that's not a Christian from the United States, 
And truthfully, what what Christian has ever advocated that? <laughs> yeah. You know? So so there's just Amen. you're throwing out an argument that uh, you're making up. You're making up something right. that's not even in our minds to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Come on. Alrighty. Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, thanks, guys. Let's go ahead and uh, we're gonna spend a little time chatting with uh, Mike, and uh, so we'll get to that uh, right now. Well, welcome, Mike. Glad you could come and join us today. Um, maybe we could start with uh, you just telling us a little bit about yourself, whatever you'd feel comfortable in. I don't know how I follow that uh, that lead in music like that. Holy cow! It's pretty important. You feel important <laughs> now. I feel, now, I feel like I belong in a nineteen seventies news show or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I am a Yankee fan. I'd like to be known as Mike the Intern. You guys can call me that because I do not know anything near what you guys know. About uh, about God and about the Bible, and uh, to to lead up to my question, I'd like to let you know that I do believe in God. I do believe that Jesus is uh, God in human form. Um, I don't believe the Catholic way of saying that uh, that He was uh, the Son in the term that 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 I would understand Son. Um, and I'd like to go back into uh, late. 80s, early 90s, when I was a philosophy major at SUNY Brockport, and I was questioning whether God existed or not. And uh, a woman who's my wife now was my girlfriend at the time, and uh, there was a night, I was spending the night with her, and I was in her bed. Next to her bed, she had a fish tank, and in front of the fish tank, there would be a cat that would sleep every night. And I can remember this one specific night that I said, uh, all right, God, you know, I'll give you a chance to prove that you exist. Make this cat get up and lay down on my chest, and I'll 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 believe that that you're there, and uh, I'll give you ten seconds, and uh, I think it was about seven or eight seconds. The cat stood up. I thought my heart was going to explode through my chest. The cat laid on my chest. Um, there's more to the story that goes beyond that day with the cat and me. Um, nothing that's inappropriate. It's all related to to my relationship with God. Um, but from that day forward, I, I really did believe, I do believe that, that God exists, which leads me to my question, the, the whole theme or, or whatever of your show with the, with the questions from a Yankee fan. The first thing that I've tried to do um, is put in perspective lately. I mean, it, unfortunately, from that time frame, we'll just say it was 1991 to um, about two years ago, I really did not have a, a church that I would go to. I didn't. Uh, I'm still turned off, uh, even right now as I speak, because uh, I really want to feel inspired. I want to go and feel like if I don't go, that I've missed something, and uh, that leads me to the Yankees. I enjoy watching or listening to the Yankees uh, uh, pretty much every time that they play. Um, if I'm going to miss something, I might try to uh, throw it on the DVR. But specifically, I'm a season ticket holder, full season tickets, and yes, I live in Binghamton, New York, so I have to drive three hours one way to watch a ball game. And I will take my family on an annual pilgrimage to go and see the Yankees play, and then I'll go several other times with friends or a small group. And what I have said, or what I did say to my family a few years ago was that we need to go to church two times for every one baseball game that we plan on going to because God is at least doubly important than the Yankees or baseball. And my question for Stephen, considering how big 
of a Yankee fan, he's not. Um, <laughs> can you help me better understand if that if if the my passion for the Yankees is breaking the first commandment? Hmm. The first commandment being, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, strength." This is the first commandment. Uh, that's the one you're referring to, correct? And isn't there something in there that says, "Thou shalt not put any other god before me"? Um, yeah, that's in uh, the the uh, in Exodus chapter twenty. That's in the the original Ten Commandments. Uh, the one I was quoting is from the the New Testament, where Jesus Christ kind of comprised all of all of the commandments into two commandments. Um, Thou shalt not put any other gods before me. Uh, if you value something higher than you value God, then whatever that might be, it could be a possession, could be a philosophy, could be a belief, uh, could be uh, material things, whatever it is, it can be a God that's put in front of God. Uh, so the danger, yes, you could be in danger of doing that. Um, you know, we have to be careful. That's that's <laughs> that's not a thing that's uh, would be... <laughs> Peculiar to just a Yankee fan. No, I understand uh, that. <laughs> that would be, uh, you know, any any born-again Christian can fall into that same kind of a category because they can put their children above God. Uh, I have known people that have uh, placed their children in a higher priority than, than uh, attending church. And, uh, you know, whether their kids are going to go to uh, school the next day and they don't want to uh, interrupt their, quote, schedule and all that kind of stuff. They'll keep them home. They'll stay home, and they won't go to church. Uh, you know, I raised five kids. We went to the services, all of them, mon uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And uh, they did well, and God, uh, you know, homework and all that kind of stuff. They were all able to get it done. They didn't have a problem. So, but I want the reason why I say that is because that that it's not a peculiar problem to certain individuals. Everyone has to be careful of that. And uh, uh, if you place, uh, to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe that you ought to go to church uh, before you you do any of the other activities. If you can uh, go to a Saturday game and not miss a Sunday game, or you know miss Sunday church, then by all means, have at it. Uh, but I think if you put uh, uh, the Yankees before you put church, I think you might be uh, putting a God before them. But going I don't know to, what anybody else might say about that, but go ahead. Well, what I was going to say in response to what, you know, what you're just saying is that uh, going to church on Sunday, again, remember, that's the way that I'm looking at it. You had mentioned going Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. So mm -hmm. I'm just looking at Sunday morning, and again, it's probably going back to uh, the Catholic years. So in using just that knowledge at this time, mm -hmm. for me to go to, um, I, in the summertime, because I'm, I'm a teacher, so in the summer I have a week, I have you know 10 weeks off, if you want to call it that, and mm -hmm. I could go to several games during the course of the week. I have a friend who lives in Manhattan, I can spend the night, so I technically could go to six games before that Sunday hits. And yep. uh, spend very little time, if any, thinking about God during that time, other than maybe praying that uh, Jeter gets a hit or uh, <laughs> the Sabathia strikes somebody out, uh, which, uh, you know, as funny as that is, I really don't do that type of thing. But, um, but still, you know, th so isn't that putting the Yankees six times higher than God because I'm only going on one morning out of that time frame? 
Well, I mean, I, I suppose it would. It would. Uh, I mean, let's let's just use a little different analogy. I go to work five or six days a week, and I spend at least eight hours a day there. But God has a higher priority uh, for me in how I conduct my life. Now, obviously, there's things in there about God, you know, telling us we ought to work and so forth and so on. But my work is not my God. And even though I do that, you know, five or six times a week, more than what I do at church, uh, God is the reason why I do the things that I do. He is the focus uh, if you've got a Bible there, uh, go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. There's two verses there uh, that might be uh, helpful. In Colossians chapter 3, take a look at verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Take a look in uh, verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Now, I would give you this counsel. If, if I was talking to somebody else, I'd tell them the same thing. If the Yankees are a stumbling block for you for doing, not doing things that you should do for the Lord, then I would uh, curtail the Yankees and get the thing in proper order. If it's not curtailing or not prohibiting you, you from from serving the Lord and doing, you know, what the what the Lord would have you to do, uh, then I wouldn't worry about it. Well, I think that maybe uh, um, I kind of already knew that, and I've kind of known that for a couple of years. And uh, this forum might be giving me an opportunity to uh, to go down the correct path. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your your response, as um, well as led by a different team as it might be um I, I do i do honestly appreciate that and uh now following you know putting myself in, in god's hands and, and following where he leads me um well that's that's the harder part you know but at least the the, the sin that i'm making is not something well and again this could be another topic but the sin that i'm making in that regard where it's the yankees and not maybe a drug or adultery or some other things that could could compound the problem um, will at least help it because, uh, well, hey, you know, never know. It could be a week from now the Yankees are eliminated in this, uh, and, and I'm not praying for that. Um, it, but uh, that that type, you know, I could be going down a different path. Uh, say six weeks from now, after the World Series is over, that uh, that I don't have uh, any clouds to to worry about because uh, um, I only have one thing that's in front of me instead of two things and making a choice. Mm-hmm. But was uh, was anybody else, uh, especially Pastor Strobel? I know that. Uh, uh, you and Pastor Matt here have different titles, and uh, and I don't know uh, why you're, I mean, other than being pastors and the other gentlemen are uh, just parts of the show, but do you have anything that you can add uh, that Stephen didn't mention? Well, I, I guess I should mention that um, I also, like Steve, uh, am a Cubs fan, although <laughs> I've, I do I've that. Been, I've been that way for, for years and years, and I and I wouldn't even say I'm a distant Cubs fan either. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little close, so so yeah. I know what it's like. And a few years back, um, when the Cubs were the Cubs were in the playoffs, uh, one of the first times for a while, 2004. It, yeah, I believe it was was 04, and it was the the year with the um, the Bartman incident. Yes. Okay. 
we were having revival meeting at that time, and the and the Cubs hadn't been in for a long time, and we we had services, and invariably they'd go on and on, and then we'd finish up, and uh, you know as a pastor I'm I'm often the last one to leave. And and people want to just hang around and talk and talk and hang around and talk and talk. And quite frankly, I wanted to get home and see how the Cubs were doing. <laughs> but my, my point being is that my priority uh, was to to be in church. My priority was to uh, to moderate, to take in the revival meeting, moderate. And if I could um, catch the end of the game, uh, then we'd do that afterwards. But. Uh, uh, there, if I were tempted, the temptation would have been to be sick that night. And, hmm. uh, uh, of course, I wasn't even tempted that way. But, but again, it's a matter of priorities. It's seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, Matthew six thirty three. So you keep the Lord first, and then, and then the Lord, the Bible says over in First um, Timothy chapter 6 that uh, he giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So there are things that we can enjoy in life that, that aren't sin. It's when they start to take over and take God's place that uh, those things which otherwise wouldn't be a sin, uh, they become sins. I also have something uh, something to add. In fact, I think uh, when we mentioned about the first commandment, I think we can go back uh, even, you know, and just look at it as in uh, what the commandments were given for, you know. Uh, in fact, in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That we find that the, that the law was given to us, uh, that we can know that we're sinners. And, and in fact, you know, that's why we know, we look through the commandment and say, Oh, we've lied, we've stole, we've committed adultery in our heart, you know, by lusting upon a woman. And, and uh, we've placed other things above God. And, and really, I mean... When you look at those commands, say, "Oh, my, my committing a, a sin here." Uh, yes, that's what the law was given to you, so you can know that you committed a sin, yeah. a- and and then you'll realize that hey, there's a heart problem. You need to get something fixed in your life that you need to uh, to really find what the Bible says about about you know the law shows that we're sinners in need of the Savior, and you're not going to have that that desire uh, above the above God. You know, you're not going to have a desire. You know, to to do those things above God and place those things above God until you get that that fixed in your heart. You know, I there was you know I'm a big Bills fan and and those that were out in the uh, Buffalo area. Uh, you know, I used to I used to you know I still do love the Bills. I watch them play and and you know when I can. Uh, but nowhere are they near where God has placed my life now. It's because I got that problem fixed in my heart. So mm-hmm. uh, I think what what you need to do is you need to check your relationship with Christ. And make sure that you are. A child of God. Now, this is where I normally would do uh, do this. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to say something else. I, I didn't want to. I mean, I know that Matt hasn't said anything yet, and Eric, you haven't touched on the subject, so I didn't know. You know I'm not know, trying I, to. And I think those guys have all summed it up pretty well. Yeah. But where are you with that, as far as pastor? Well, I, I, me. Yeah. I, I mentioned that uh, that that hearing what everyone has to say is one thing, and, and processing it, um, and knowing where it, it's going to take me is you know it's it's a tough road. It's I, mean, I, I don't want to try to compare it to anything that people have to uh, take on as challenges, whether they're alcoholics or, or drug users or anything. I mean, I can't I can't compare it to that because it, that's ridiculous. This is not uh, it, it might it might be in my mind something similar to what people have to uh, compete with, but. Um, 
it's it's just going to be my choice and and when i take that on and then how i'm going to um uh have the strength to motivate both myself and my family to uh to start making the same decisions of where to uh where to go on a uh, sunday morning type of thing and i think where pastor matt also kind of ended up with that when he asked you know you want to make sure you're a child of god first because as Pastor Strobel also referred to, I mean, God will give you the desires of your heart, but, you know, you have to be, you know, there's a lot of ways to say it, but born again, you have to really be be a Christian in order to, in order to do that. So, that, that's a question. Would you say you were born again? Uh, it, I, I don't, I, see, now this is coming from a conversation you and I had, mm-hmm. um, uh, at, a, at a mutual place, um, that um, I'd have to say that I that I did, but see that's the problem is that I don't know if I followed it the way that I was supposed to. Um, and, and this, when I spoke with you about it, it wasn't the first time in my life that I had heard pretty much the the same message that I'm hearing today. It definitely was not this kind of a forum. The the last time I had a microphone like this in front of me, um, I was I was interviewing uh, professional or not professional, but college athletes and stuff. So it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't like this, but uh, I've I've had it presented to me. And you're talking about the gospel. Well, I've had people say that you need to be reborn. I've heard that, and I've even had people say that you're only going to have a certain amount of opportunities in your life. It's uh, it's not something that's going to happen over and over and over again. And uh, and I kind of feel lucky. I mean, I've worked with you for how many years now? Six. I mean, mm-hmm. five or six years. So it's uh, and and we've never really taken this conversation this far before. Um. Do I think that I'm reborn? No, because I don't think I feel it. But it also could just be uh, some type of either guilt or inadequacy that I might be feeling that that makes me think that what I've said is not enough. And again, you know, I don't mean to keep saying that you and I have had conversations that were off air, but um, that we did. And and I really don't think that uh, my apology or my asking for forgiveness um, is enough. I don't think that it should be granted to me and that I should be reborn in the sense that, that uh, I've understood it from talking with you. Mm-hmm. And that uh, um, for, for God to look at a person who's you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old and to say that um, well, all the things that they did wrong, this one sentence or these few sentences are enough you know, at this point knowing that I'm going to watch a Yankee game before I go to church again. I know that, I mean, I, I already know that I'm going to make these mistakes. I know that I might uh, look at a picture of some girl as I'm driving down the street, she's on a billboard, and I you know, think to myself, well, holy cow, look at that girl. I mean, it, th- those kind of things happen, and, uh, and, I know, and I'm married, and I'm very happily married. I would not want uh, my life to be any different than the way that it is right, well, other than this part, this component of having God in my life, so... Uh, for the sake of just babbling and rambling on and on, I'm going to give people a chance to kind of, I don't know if I'm, I, I didn't answer your question, and I know that. I well, what, I, what, yeah, if I could just, uh, uh, I just wanted to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, Mike, and and I know you, uh, in the beginning of the uh, uh, show, you kind of talked about how uh, when you were in school, um, and you were in your girlfriend's house or apartment, and the cat jumped up on you, and and uh, you know, then you you realize that there was a God. Um, but again, I know, I know you understand that. Uh, you know, people have said to you, you have to be born again. Uh, if you look in Ephesians chapter one verse thirteen, you know the Bible says that we have more um, uh, more than just signs from God. We have something that's written down. And that's the Word of God. 
And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And it talks about here in verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So what God says is here is that after you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, it's after you heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and, and Mike, you said that you've, you've heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that Jesus Christ died uh, on that cross to pay for our sins, and he was buried and rose again the third day. And the Bible says, uh, you know, Jesus Christ says in John chapter 3, verse 3, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, that's the most important thing. And, and I, if I got what you were saying um, correctly, you were saying that, you know, you sin every day. And I can tell you what, I sin every day. You know, I don't, I don't know a Christian that doesn't sin every day because, you know, the Bible says, uh, he, that, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And the Bible also says that it, which is not of faith is sin. I mean, there's things that I do every day uh, that are not in faith. You know, uh, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, I should give somebody a gospel track, but I don't, you know, and, and uh, that's not in faith, you know, and that's something good that I should have done, but I didn't do. And the Bible says that, you know, maybe that wasn't, you know, committing a really terrible act or anything like that. Uh, but James chapter 2, verse 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. So even though maybe I didn't murder somebody or do something terrible, terrible like that, it's the same thing to God. And God says, once you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you know, it's not just a prayer. It's that you have to understand that you're a sinner and on your way to hell. And uh, once you repent of your sins, you know, you're truly sorry for them, and you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you look in Romans chapter 10, uh, the Bible says, um, let me go there real quick. Romans chapter 10. And uh, if you look in verse 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, so there's that prayer that we were talking about, those words that you were talking about, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So like what you were saying, Mike, was uh, if I heard you right, that just, you know, you don't believe that uh, saying some words uh, can can wash away all those sins in, that you commit be committed before and even after now. But the Bible says right here that it's not just the words by confessing, but it's also believing in your heart uh, that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. And if you have, the, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. You know, the Bible says that He cleanses us from past, present, and future. And uh, what He does is He, you know, Jesus Christ takes off that robe of righteousness that He had. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He had no sin on him when he died on that cross. And when, when uh, God put that sin of all of us on, on that cross, and he died on that cross with the sin of us, um, he took our place. And he can wrap that robe of righteousness around you if you accept him as your Savior, and he can wash away all your sin. And uh, the Bible says if you've trusted in him from hearing it in the gospel, in the word of God, uh, you can have eternal life. And uh, so, I mean, that I guess that's kind of my question is, you know, do, do you truly believe, and when you said that prayer, did you truly believe that you were on your way to hell, number one? Uh, did you truly believe that Jesus Christ can save you from all your sin? And, uh, and did you call upon him? I, well, there's several questions there. What, what I will say is that, yes, I believe that, I, that, that, that God would take and, and accept my apology. 
Uh-huh. The problem that I have, and I'll just speak just to this question right now. The sure. problem that I have is that in 15 minutes or tomorrow afternoon or whenever I commit the next act that is inappropriate, I no longer, I, I've broken my my request with God. My my, my I, I just don't think that I'm worthy at that point, and I don't want to be one who's going to, it, I, let me put it into baseball terms. Being a Yankee fan, a true Yankee fan, there's no way that a Yankee fan would ever root for a team that has red in their name. And I mean that for a specific team. <laughs> now, if a Yankee fan were caught rooting for that team that had red in their name, then how do they show their face around other fam- family or friends that are also Yankee fans when those people know that this person committed this horrible act of rooting for this team with red in their name? And, okay, you might forgive them, but what if they do it again? And then you start to set up a pattern that, oh, well, you, you like that one player who plays on that team with red in their name. So I don't know if I'm making uh, a good analogy towards what I'm thinking, but I just don't believe that I'm worthy when I can promise to I promise God that I'm going to commit another sin, whether it's five minutes from now or five days from now. I know I'm going to do it, and I don't think that that's right, that I just keep slapping them in the face like that. Well, if I could interject, there's a difference between whether or not it's right, and whether or not you still could be a child of God. Um, I have children, and they're always going to be my children. If I got mad and said I disowned them, they'd still be my children. Um, That happened by birth. They don't always do the things that please me, even as I haven't always done the things that have pleased my parents, and sometimes I've done things to make them ashamed, but I'm still their child. What it comes down to is, how does a person really get saved? One time in the Bible, the question was asked, what must I do to be saved? And really, eternity hangs on the answer. If the answer is, all right, you have to apologize to God and then sin no more, then that's what we have to do to be saved. If it says, all right, you need to keep the commandments, then that's what we have to do to be saved. But the answer to the question, what must I do to be saved, is this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now, in that verse, one of the key words actually is uh, the little word on. It's not just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, a lot of people believe in him, that he was real, that he existed. But the answer was believe on. And uh, that's the difference between believing in him just with your head and believing on him from your heart. I often illustrate it like this. If you look at a chair and um, believe in that chair that it could hold you up if you sat on it, and uh, believe whatever it is that you knew to be true about it, its height, its composition, and again, and most importantly, that it was strong enough to support you if you sat in it. As long as you stood there looking at it and just thinking about it and saying you believed, you wouldn't be exercising any faith. The moment you go over there and sit down on that chair, now you've believed on the chair. You've allowed it to do what you said you believed it could do. And if when you called upon the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to save you, if you did that with a heart of repentance over your sins, a heart of belief and faith that you were trusting him and him alone, what he did in the gospel is your only hope for heaven, then that's believing on him, and that's, that would save you. Now, ideally, we'd like to be perfect after that, but when we're born again, and that's the term Jesus introduced into this world, we're spiritually born in, this, in the way that a baby's born, or in the same sort of condition. In other words, a, a baby's born into this world as a baby. And spiritually, when we're born again, we're born as babies. The Bible says, as newborn babes, 
desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. And so we have to begin to grow. And what does a baby do? A baby baby cries a lot, they eat, and they make a lot of messes. So you, which of those am I doing right now? Is this the correct? <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> but but the, thing, the thing about it is, is that's, that's what a baby does. And so then they begin to grow. And um, the fact that you are not happy that you would go out and sin again and, and as it were, slap God in the face, that's, that's a good way to be. Man. As um, the other folks have said, we, we may all still do it, and, and we do. But uh, we have a different outlook towards it now when we do it. Before, it might have been, that's fun and that's our way of life. Uh, and now it's, man, I sure wish I wouldn't, do, wouldn't have done that. And Amen. Lord, help me not to do it again. Amen. Mike, if I could make one interjection on, on, on what they've said, is that a lot of people, like I did for many years, uh, before I really trusted Christ as my Savior, I went on my feelings and uh, there were times when I felt good, there was times when I felt sad, there was times I felt mad, uh, there was times I felt rejected or dejected or whatever. And one thing I found out over, over time is that my feelings change. And when you try to, try to interject feelings uh, along with the Word of God, you're going to have a mess. The problem, or the, not the problem, but the thing that you have to come to grips with is that you have to take the Word of God for what it says and trust the Word of God instead of trusting your feelings. When you trust the Word of God, then you have something stable to rely on as opposed to something unstable as your feelings. When but God I says, I'm I didn't, sorry? I didn't sit down in the chair yet. So, well, so if, I don't have that, uh, you know, I, I'm still questioning the chair, which okay. I don't mean to be questioning the chair. I'm just... I'm just thinking that I don't deserve to sit on that chair. I should still stand for a while. <laughs> well, see, if you try to, to, to punish yourself for the things that you've done, then you're taking, in essence, the punishment that the Lord Jesus Christ already has done for you and basically making it vain. It says, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, Amen. not of works, lest any man should boast. So if you're trying to punish yourself or somehow make yourself worthy of God's forgiveness, you're never going to get there. None of us are ever going to get there. Amen. That's why God made it a gift. And if and it, it coincides with what I was saying, it, you know, part of, part of at least what I'm hearing from some of the things that you've said is that you feel as if you should have to pay for some things that you've done and you're not ready to your your feelings or whatever you're you're not ready for that yet um the thing that that you ought to do if if you would take the step is to trust what the lord says that he would do and and take the gift that he's offered Amen. he says but as many as received him to them those that receive him to them gave he power to become the sons of god even to them that believe in his name. Now, you can't have the gift. It may have your name on it, but you can't have the gift until you receive it for yourself. And there is a gift of eternal life that's set there waiting for you if you'll receive it. Sometimes I tell my students that uh, they can hear what, they're, what I'm saying, but they're not actually listening to me. 
Is well, it, I hope uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, that's not <laughs> what I mean is that when it comes to the, to the words that either I read specifically from the Bible or that I may have been laying in bed on a given night here in the last few weeks and I was just saying it from what I remembered it to be, I may have said those words, but I might not have actually felt it because I don't feel any different today than I did two or three weeks ago before I said it. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's you know, if the Yankees win, I'm happy. You know that type of thing. Like you can, it's it's almost like Americans are instant gratification. I know how I feel afterwards. I, I just don't feel any different, and I don't feel like I've gone and sat down on that chair yet. And I think that's what I'm battling with here. Is you know, if I do take that step and I do ask for forgiveness, and I do believe that that Jesus died for for my sins, for our sins, then I, it's it's too difficult to go to the next step because, like I said, now I know. Well, I'm just going to make mistakes again. So I mean, I, I keep repeating the same stuff, and I don't really mean to do that, but I'm. I, I, it's just, but that's what I do in my head, anyways, with with this this entire topic. Can I give you a personal test? I don't mean to dominate here, but I, can no, I give you a personal testimony? Please. And I'll actually, what I do is, I think I'll ask Eric to turn off my mic, so you guys can all have a chance. To talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's well, good that you're having another conversation. Yeah, I mean, it it focuses uh, our attention in directly, you know, what your queries are. Uh, to go back, just. A little bit. Uh, I'm saying over 30, almost 33 years now. Um, I had had a religious experience. I was raised in a in a Christian home, or not Christian. I say Christian home, uh, a religious home, and uh, uh, went away to college. had a had a religious experience with some people that sat around, held hands, and all prayed and other tongues and all that kind of stuff. And somebody told me because I felt better that I was saved. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know the scriptures. They didn't really give me any scriptures. And so I believed what they told me. But I had such a conflict inside because, like you, I just, you know, I went back to the old lifestyle. I was doing all the same old things, and it was, it was really a burden. And after a while, I just gave up on it. Uh, but from time to time, uh, the convicting power of the Holy Ghost would come in, and, and I would did only the thing that I knew how to do, and that would be to go to church and be religious. Well, when I was in the service, uh, there were three guys that witnessed to me, and I told them I was saved only because somebody had already told me I was saved. And um, I got, uh, you know, they gave me the tracks, they they talked to me, uh, you know, this went on probably for six to eight months. And in the meantime, I'd argue with them, I'd uh, fight with them, you know, verbally fight with them. Uh, played practical jokes on them. I made their life miserable, cussed them out, did all kinds of things. But the Spirit of God was still working on my heart, and I felt terrible doing those kind of things. And He was drawing me closer to Him, but I didn't know how to how to do it. I, I just didn't know what what to what was going on. I mean, I, they told me about the the sinner's prayer and all that kind of stuff, but it just didn't click. And um, some things happened. I won't go into all the details, but some very specific things happened. And uh, uh, decided to go to church with those guys, which I did. A preacher preached. I couldn't tell you what he preached, but I knew I, I they offer what in a Baptist church they offer what they call an invitation at the end. And I went forward at the invitation, and I uh, I asked the Lord to save me. I, I got to the point where I were 
my idea of the Christian life was going to be living like a monk in a monastery. <laughs> and uh, my life was so miserable at the time that I felt, well, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. I trusted the Lord as my Savior. And I, I, I can't tell you it was a feeling, but I can just tell you by experience and by, by what transpired after that, something changed. Uh, and what I now know is the Holy Ghost took residence inside of me, and all of a sudden the things that I used to do and enjoyed doing were now detestable to me, and I didn't want to do them anymore. And little by little, was I a, a saint? No. <laughs> I still had a lot of things that I did wrong and, and still followed from the old life, but as as I went on from day to day as a, as a newborn Christian, God took my life and allowed me to grow. And I uh, started going to church. I started reading my Bible. I started praying uh, according to the way the Bible teaches you to pray instead of the way a church teaches you to pray. And my Christian life grew to the point where I started sinning less and less and sin became a reproach to me where I didn't want to do it, and my relationship with the Lord grew. And I think the thing that you're afraid of is that if you take the step that you are going to have to do things on your own, and you're not, the Holy Spirit of God comes inside and abides within you, and He gives you strength to do the things that you ought to do, and make choices that you ought to do, as long as you listen to Him and follow Him. The conflict comes when the old man comes back and wants to do the things he wants to do. So I guess what I'm trying to say is is that don't be afraid of making that step because you'll have the, the, the Spirit of God abiding within you, helping you to make the right choices and do the right thing. No crickets, I'm done. <laughs> Amen. I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not. Oh, it uh, did. I I was, uh, you know, again, letting crickets play because I was trying to give everybody a chance, you know, because I have Pastor Matthew right next to me, and he's, you know, unfortunately not saying much of anything. He's probably thinking, well, I could be in a lot of other places right now. (laughs) No, this is is a place where I believe the Lord wants me to be. In fact, I do have uh, something that just, uh, Lord, kind of lay in my heart, but it's hard to get get things in, you know. Uh, but, But one thing I know is in witnessing to people, you know, whether I go door knocking or family or friends, uh, a lot of people have that same thing, thinking, you know, how is one prayer, one sen- sentence uh, going to take away all my sins, you know, and, and, and how, how does that make me all of a sudden now now saved, you know? Uh, but that's the that's the logic. That's, what, that's how we think. You know, we think, you know, w- what is the difference that going to make? But I think we have to look at, at that, that thing that we're accepting is the, is the blood of Jesus Christ, that uh, you know, it's that's you say it's too easy to get saved that way. But if you were to stand before Jesus right now, when you tell him, "Hey, salvation is easy," he'll be like, "You know, come on, it was easy that I lived a perfect life for thirty-three and a half years. I was rejected by my own. I was on the cross, and you know, uh, you know, I was spat upon. I was rejected. They put a crown of thorn on my head. I, I, uh, I, I was on the cross there. I bled for you for your sins. You know." And now he offers it a free gift, as in salvation is never referred to as a reward. It's always referred right. to as a gift. It's a free gift. It's just like an elevator. That an elevator may have cost thousands, you know, thousands, thousands of dollars for someone to build. 
but all you do is you get in it and you and you go up to the top you know uh it's the same thing with salvation that jesus christ had paid for it on the cross you know and now he's offering you uh, the gift of salvation i guess scripture for that is bible says for the wage of sin is death that means the penalty for our sin is a separation from god in hell that death is the second death revelation chapter 20 uh, verse 14 says death and hell were cast in like a fire this is the second death so that death is a separation from god for eternity but the bible says but the gift of god the gift of god is jesus christ shed blood on the cross he said the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our salvation isn't earned it's not paid for it's not by being baptized not by going to church not by sinning no more it's by accepting jesus christ's gift and then once you accept that like uh like brother steve was saying he continued to grow in his faith and grow in the lord jesus christ and he began to have a desire to sin no more to sin no longer and and as as he grew he sinned less and and uh, that's the same thing i'm sure for everyone who has gotten saved uh, as in we grow and and as we grow in the lord uh, we don't have it that's the same desire to sin like we like we did that we're walking in the light walking in the spirit but but the first thing you're concerned about is getting the gift once you accept christ your savior a child of his and then you want to be able to walk with them but uh but your sin condition you know has nothing to do uh with your salvation jesus christ paid for it when he died on the cross it was before you were ever born i mean your it was your past sins your present sins and your future sins he paid for because all your sins were future when he died on the cross and that's uh, right. that's pretty much what i what i have to say in that situation amen uh, <laughs> This is a, you know, a lot for Persia. Again, I, I, I prefaced everything I said by saying that you guys know a lot more about uh, all of this than, than I can imagine, at least right now in my life. And uh, I just, uh, I don't, I'm having a tough time processing, you know, because there's a lot, uh, a lot to consider. I mean, it's, it's a simple sentence or a simple thing to do. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know how you, you know, if you're ready. I don't know. It, it's, you know what, uh, Mike, I would interject would be to, uh, um, I, if I were you, I would get into a good uh, church. And uh, I know you live there in Binghamton and, and Pastor Matt's right there. And, and the only advice really that I could give you is, you know, I, I can definitely see that you got a true heart and you're, tr- you're truly searching, you know, for the answers. And, and, and uh, you know, f- as far as I can understand, you know, you understand you're a sinner and, and, uh, and you're really, truly searching. And, and that's really, I think, the best way to get under conviction is get under some preaching and, uh, and just, you know, I, what we're doing here is great. You know, we're able to show you through the scriptures. But uh, when you get into a, a church, it starts convicting you. You know, and, and I remember uh, before I was saved, I was actually in Pastor Strobel's church growing up. And uh, I remember being convicted, you know, and it, and it convicts you. And I never truly got saved until four and a half years ago. And uh, I remember being convicted. And, uh, and I remember some preaching of Pastor Strobel. And, uh, and uh, you know, I picked up a, a Bible and I started reading and, uh, and I got convicted, you know, because I remembered what I heard in church. And, uh, and not saying that you need to go to church to get saved, but, uh, you know, that's where God shows up a lot of the times, you know, and, and he truly deals with you at church and, uh, many, you know, many questions, maybe things that you have that you need to have answered, he can do it, uh, through the pastor. And, uh, and I know us as saved, you know, born again, Christians that are children of God. That's where we, uh, where God talks to us when we're reading our Bible, uh, daily, 
and also in church. I can't. I, I could give you hundreds and hundreds of examples, not only in my life but in other Christians' lives, uh, when something that they've been asking to God to answer, you know, a question they've had, that the pastor will will preach on that exact subject or some or go to a verse exactly what they were looking for and god just gave them the answer and uh you know the whole thing about that is is god uh you know established the the uh the local church uh to go out and and win souls to him you know and and we see that in the beginning of acts uh that's when they were first called christians was in antioch where they started the first church there the first church and uh you know i was just thinking about this um you know, when you look at uh, Doubting Thomas, you know, he, I truly believe that he really wanted to understand the Lord Jesus Christ. He really wanted to be saved, uh, but he just had so many doubts. You know, he, he had so many doubts. And uh, if you actually, if you turn to uh, John chapter uh, 19, uh, you can, you can uh, see what uh, this, this thing about Thomas actually not being there for this first really church service after the Lord Jesus Christ rose again. And, uh, if you look in, actually, it's uh, John chapter 20 and uh, verse 19, the Bible says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto him, unto them, Peace be unto you. I mean, here, Thomas is missing. Later on, they come back, all the disciples, they go get him because they're like, man, you missed Jesus, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I've wrote, written down a couple things really from this verse that really affected me, you know, about you really need to be in church as much as you can. Because number one, uh, Downing Thomas missed the presence of God when he wasn't there in church. He was just out doing whatever, but he missed the presence of God. It says that God came in, that Jesus Christ came into that assembly and was there with him. And then you see here that you also get the peace of God. I mean, he says right here, uh, he said, and saith unto them, peace be unto you, right at the end there. And, uh, but then also, that's not all. He goes down in verse 20 and uh, gives them, actually verse 21 and 20 through 23, he gives them the plan that he wanted them to do. You know, and, and he says, this is what I want you to do. Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. That's in verse 21. And he's talking all this kind of stuff. And he's saying, this is what I want you to do. And that's really when, like I said, God talks to you. You go into a good church and God will tell you, hey, listen, you know, you're not saved. You need to accept me as your savior. And he'll speak to you at church, you know. And, and, uh, and what you were saying kind of in the beginning of this podcast is, you know, should uh, you're having a struggle between all that. I'll give you a little, uh, you know, just a quick, I know we've been going long here, but I'll give you a quick uh, testimony of me. When I got saved, I wasn't in a church uh, for about four or five months. And, uh, and I was not happy because the whole thing is that, you know, I was reading, I was studying, but I was not, uh, you know, doing what God wanted me to do. He wants you to be in a good church. And, uh, and what happened was when I finally got into a good church and I went there every single time the doors were open, the Lord started dealing with me, uh, on what I needed to do, you know, what things I needed to change in my life. And he'll, he'll answer that question for you on, uh, whether you should, um, you know, you know, be such a big fan of baseball and, and your team and, and he'll work on you. And the Bible says also that, uh, he gave some prophets, uh, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You know, the whole thing is that the church is, you know, now that we're saved and know for sure we're going to heaven, it's to perfect us. 
you know, it's like a, it's like a diamond. The diamond needs to be ground down, and, and a lot of times it hurts. You know, a lot of times we don't want to do that. Our flesh, you know, goes against it. But he makes it, and after he's done with that diamond, the diamond maker looks at it, and it's perfect and pure. And that's what the church does. It, first of all, shows you your need for the Lord Jesus Christ if you're not saved, and it also perfects you to what he wants you to be, to be more Christ-like. Amen. Yeah, and just to piggyback on what you were saying, Matt, you know, there, there, is, there is something, and, and you don't have to be in church to, to, in order to be saved, but there is, a, I think, a power in preaching that that uh, you just don't get you know anywhere else the bible says in first corinthians 121 for after that in the wisdom of god the world by wisdom knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe and you know lost people look at preachings like you know what's all that yelling and carrying on about but if you get under under good preaching and and uh the Holy Spirit begins to move. There's, there's nothing quite like it, and uh, even for saved folks, you know, even for myself, to get under good preaching and it, uh, it recharges your battery, it convicts you, it, uh, it inspires you, it does all of those things. So, I think maybe even some of that feeling part that you, you don't feel, um, you know, that might, uh, might have an answer for you there too. Well, I'm not trying to say goodbye or, or turn off microphones or whatever, but uh, Matt had said that we're going along. And uh, and I mentioned to you before you turned on microphones that uh, that I, you, you guys have no many, how many shows do you have, 22? Is this isn't long for us, though. It's not? <laughs> no. I, well, meant by, I meant by kind of me, I was going long. Oh, oh, because I was going to say that uh, if you have 22 shows, I could fill up uh, another 22 shows with questions mm-hmm. because this is not, and even even if I were uh, saved uh, this Sunday, uh, there's there's too many questions that I have that, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 either this panel or you might have to go and, uh, and, and see how many people you can actually hang up on uh, consistently on Skype uh, to be able to, uh, <laughs> to see if they can answer because... Uh, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. So, I mean, I don't want to monopolize. I mean, I already have. I, I don't know how long well, this has been going. the whole but. point of having you here was to to monopolize. Oh, I was <laughs> competing with the with the president a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It wasn't really much of a competition. <laughs> Mike, do you know uh, the President Obama's middle name? Uh, no, I don't. Because we thought it was Steve for a while, didn't we, Dad? <laughs> One of those early shows. I Bob remind or- you so much of him, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> it must be that slick speech, brother. I guess I don't know. I wouldn't call it slick. I call it stammering. <laughs> where, can I? Can I ask a question? Where have you been to church? Where have you attended? Uh, in, in my entire life, or are you just talking about? Well, down just here? wherever. I mean, uh, there's a spattering of different one day things, but nothing. I mean, it's not worth talking about. Mm-hmm. I um, I actually attended. A Catholic church um, when I was a kid, you know, until I was about 18 years old. I went to school there. I think Pastor um, Strobel had a similar. Did he? Mm-hmm. Um, first through sixth, almost all of sixth grade at that same church. Um, and then uh, recently I've, I've gone, uh, it, it hasn't been this calendar year, so it must have been last year was the last time that I went to a, uh, a United Methodist church down here. But again, like I mentioned, it's, it's more of a, and then I've had many conversations with people. Because mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to talk, especially in a small thing. I, I think that the biggest thing is is that I, I don't 
I, I'm worried that if I go to a place and I'm not, and, and, and it puts people in the wrong, in the wrong frame of mind too, because you know I've Pastor Matt sitting right next to me. So mm-hmm. let's say that I go to his church and then I don't come back. He's mm-hmm. going to think that well, he's not inspiring, or what, or maybe he won't think that. And he'll just think something poorly about uh, about me. Would Either you think? Way, would you think that, Pastor Matt? No, I wouldn't think that. Oh okay. well, um, but I've gone to places, and sometimes like the one at the the United Methodist Church, uh, which is down here. Um, I, 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 it was a handful of times, maybe uh, maybe a dozen, um, in in a row. So it's not like I went and then I took a few months off, then I mm-hmm. went again. Um, and uh, I, I guess I did enjoy it, but I don't know if it, it, it was ridiculous. It sounds as if it was baseball season that started. That or really, what's more important? I shouldn't say it that way because it's going to make it seem like I'm you know a <laughs> twisted individual with you know I, I, I have shrines of Derek Jeter in my house, which which I do not. <laughs> Um, I, I do have my, my own set of seats from the original Yankee Stadium. I have dirt from the warning track because I went on a tour of the stadium. So when I said pilgrimage a little while ago, I, it's not I'm, it's not that far off from it. And uh, and I will watch you know the 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 games. I have a, a ringtone on my phone that's Yankees win the Yankees win. Um, so I mean, a, a very big fan of the Yankees, but. If my wife and I have a conversation uh, or, or a topic that we need to have a conversation about, I will turn off the game or at least mute it, which it sounds kind of funny. But I will, at least, I mean, I put other things before the Yankees, and like I did also mention too, I um, would uh, uh, I, I made a comment which didn't last very long, but I did uh, or, or a, a request of our family to to go for uh, uh, twice for every game, and that was probably when we went in that streak of twelve. Or so, um, attended twelve in a row. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question. Or not. I'm just babbling now. So I guess I just wanted to see where you'd been. And it's not many places. Not many. Well, Mike, having grown up also in the Catholic Church, I was there till I was um, eighteen plus years as well. And the only reason I got out was because I got saved and began to go to a Bible believing church, which is uh, a big story in itself. But one of the things that you mentioned before kind of reminded me of my Catholic background. When I used to go to confession, I would immediately feel good about it after I was done because I'd feel like I was clean, you know, based on what I had been taught. And that would last until I would sin. That could be, that could be short or it could be not so short. Uh, but usually it wasn't too awful long until I messed up again. Then I didn't feel clean anymore. Um, of course, the whole teaching wasn't wasn't based on the scriptures uh in the proper bible interpretation of the scriptures but what you mentioned before about you've prayed your prayer and or or if you do pray a prayer to get saved in the future being worried about sinning and not feeling again and it's kind of that same sort of a thing uh it seems like that you're experiencing and you'd mentioned also before about you know if the yankees win when do they play again tomorrow Yes, they know. They, they they win tomorrow. You'll you'll feel joy and be excited. Um, how long have you been a Yankees fan? Wow, um, thirty five years. Do, do you least. remember when? Do you remember when you first started being a Yankees fan? Well, no. I mean, I can I can take it back to, and, and that's what I'm doing right now. Is I take it back to um, going to Yankee Stadium the first time on a bus trip with my father and my grandfather, and, and some other family members. So well, that's that's why I would say thirty five years ish. Okay. I was just wondering when they when you first experienced the Yankees and they won a game, 
were you as excited as you are now? No, I was not. In fact, I don't think so, that I was ex- as excited about a Yankee win. You would have to go back to uh, their run here in the in the nineties, in nineteen nineties. Uh, okay. Before that, I, I would say that I really don't remember. Well, the 1980s, they didn't do anything. So um, so I'd have to go back to the 70s. And I do remember the 77, 78 teams. But I, I'll let you go. I'll let you talk because I, okay. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and that's, the, that's the point is that um, right away you didn't get all the excitement, but eventually it grew on you. And, and now it just excites you, you know, to no end. Is it or, or close? <laughs> well, yeah, and I think so. You're saying that if I if I find a place to go and I can cons- and I remain consistent with it and I keep plugging away and trying to learn different things, just like I can go back in time and tell you who wore this number or who was in that game or who hit that home run. Um, if I could do the same type of thing, where if I'm opening up a Bible and I can I can uh, uh, learn and study and, and speak to what's in it, that uh, that the the passion will grow just like it has for the Yankees. Sure, there was a there's a difference between um, becoming a Yankee fan and then getting the fullness of joy out of being a Yankee fan. And there's a difference between a lot of times, and it's different for different people, but a lot of times there's a difference between the moment you get saved and then growing to the place where things begin to really kick in. Mm-hmm. And so um, what you have to look at, let me just go go this way. I'm going to read you from 1 John chapter 5, if you guys are able to follow along there. 1 John 5. Starting in verse 11, it says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And that speaks to um, what was mentioned before about eternal life being a gift, not a reward earned, but a gift to be received. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, this life being then the eternal life. Then First John 5.12, a very important verse in the Scriptures, and, and it's going to tell us where we're at if we can discern from it. Uh, God puts it all in one-syllable words so that we won't miss it, but it says this, He that hath the Son, and for those listening, that's capital S-O-N, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And the Lord divides the knowing population into two categories. Either they have the Son, Jesus Christ, and they've got life, and they've got life the context being eternal life, verse 11 or they don't have Jesus Christ, and they don't have eternal life. And Mike, if I could just ask you, as you look at that verse, and you consider those two positions, or those two conditions, do you know for sure which one describes you? Uh, I could say that I know which one doesn't. Which, okay, which uh, one which, doesn't? Which doesn't make any sense in your question, but I would say that uh, I... I w- I I, ha- I can't even I can't even form a sentence. It's that it's that uh, strange for me to say, but it, it says hath not the son. Yes. Uh, there's no way that I don't have some form in me. So that would make by by negating the second makes it so the first is true. If that makes you know now I'm using logic from philosophy days, but um, but see you see how I'm using logic to do this and not actually from the heart, and that's what I don't like about this decision or this process, or what I'm going through, is that it's not as a simple thing as one would think it would be. It's almost like trying to go from being a Yankee fan to something else, to a team with red in their name. That's how, I I mean, I I would not do that, but that's what I'm just saying, that that's what I feel like right now, is that I'm making it that difficult, and uh, that's not my objective. But I can't say with all 
word, you know, my entire heart that uh, that Jesus is inside me, that I have Him, you know, in my life, you know, in that regard. Do you know if when we mentioned before about you mentioned and you've referred to it about sitting on the chair, believing on Jesus Christ, when you called upon Him, as far as you know, did you do that with a, a genuine heart, a heart of of repentance over that sin and and a heart of faith, wanting Him to come into your heart and save you? That's an Would excellent that, question, and I'll, and let me ask you this: Could it have been a heart of fear, a heart that's more concerned with a second coming, and I'm not uh, chosen to go to, uh, to to be part of, of of God's family in heaven, and instead I'm going to suffer in hell when I don't feel that I'm that kind of person? And I'll say that in italics because I know that you've had other shows that kind of talk about that. Well, f- fear is not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if it takes fear to move you to get saved, that's not a bad thing. The question is, when it moves you, do you do you genuinely put your faith in Jesus Christ? So then, you know what, I can put a lot of things together and I can answer your question. If if I was allowed to have some fear in the in the statements I was making the night that I that I said that I believe that Jesus died for my sins... Um, knowing what I, what I believe, then I would say that, yes, I, I said it with my heart, which now would, would make me feel that you guys are going to say back to me that, um, that, that I, that I was, was born, you know, in the, in the sense of the, uh, uh, the baby being born. That's what I'm thinking you're going to say, because I actually did say that with my heart. I meant it when I said it. And uh, and several times in my life, I've said, uh, uh, "God, I put uh, uh, my my future in your hands. Um, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Please lead me down the correct path. Um, I I just don't know what to do." And those weren't moments that I was uh, challenged with things that some people have as challenges. Whether you know, I've mentioned it earlier with drugs or alcohol or. You know, that's that, that's not the type of life. I'm talking about, like, whether to become a teacher or not, or where to work or where to live. I mean, those were smaller things, thinking that where I was positioned in, in those fields, that uh, it would lead me towards what he wanted. And you know what? It, another thing, too, uh, Pastor Strobel, is you had mentioned uh, uh, something that wanted me to say that, you know, if I, if I wasn't going down the right path, I wouldn't be sitting here tonight. If, if I wasn't uh, uh, concerned with where I, you know, the, the direction or whether I had completed what I was hoping to complete that night, I wouldn't have come. And believe me, I, it, it, starting at 9 o'clock, I would rather have been home and sitting on the couch uh, getting ready to go to sleep, which is probably where I would already be at this point, <laughs> getting ready for tomorrow because one, you know, the one student that I have uh, is, is challenging at times. And um, I, I, I don't want anybody playing violins. And don't start that music. I see you having that thing all queued up. Over uh, see, it could says, it says miniature violin music. He's got it all set to push. Thank you for not hitting that. I could, could I just finish, finish up my thought yeah, thank you. with uh, verse 13? Since we're in 1 John 5, we've gone through 11 and 12. Let me just give you verse 13. And it says this, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So, so where you're at is uh, you want to determine, have you done that? And uh, you, you think about that in your heart. And if you have, then, then note what he says following. I'll start over. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. And it goes on uh, with some additional things, but I'll stop there. But that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So according to that verse right there, 
it is possible to know that you've got eternal life, to know that you're, you're on your way to heaven, that you're saved. It's a Bible term. And uh, that's possible for those that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've done that, once a person's done that, then they have the, the blessing of knowing, being able to know that they've got eternal life. And then it's a matter of faith. Steve was bringing this out before. It's a matter of just believing what God said. The night that I personally accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, April 25th, 1980, um, having gone through this, and I had a lot of questions myself, and the pastor I was talking with would answer them with Bible. I went through the process of going ahead and praying and asking the Lord to save me. When I was all finished, he said, all right, if you were to die right now, where would you go? And I said, well, I'd hope I'd go to heaven. I still wasn't convinced. I, I, I just hoped. I wanted to know, but I didn't know. And then he began to talk to me and, and sh eventually showed me this verse right here. And then somewhere along the lines, uh, the light began to shine. And I began to understand that I have put my faith and trust in Jesus. And because of that, I, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven, not because of my own good works, but because of the grace of God. Amen. And uh, it's good to be saved. Amen. 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 All right. Can I come back? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for coming. It's been great. It really well, I has. I feel bad for you, Matt. You haven't said much. You know, you haven't. You had your uh, couple you know, long-winded parts, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> Steve. Steve likes that answer. <laughs> and Pastor Matt has said, said even less than you. So I mean, I, I do feel bad that you know that I've I've done. Oh, this hey, talking. listen. I, you know, I, I really have loved your questions. I really have because I we've all had those questions. You know, I mean, don't. I hope you don't feel like you're out of place or. Or uh, nobody else feels the way you do or has ever felt the way you do because everything you're saying is exactly the same except for the baseball part. I don't like baseball. But, <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, listen, we've all felt the way that you feel right now, you know. And, and uh, like Pastor Strobel said, it's just you really have to take those verses, you know, even listen to this again and, uh, you know, just pray about it, you know. And, and the Lord will show you whether or not that you are truly saved or if you need to get saved and, and uh, you know, just just really just search, search the Lord, seek the Lord on this matter. Well, if you want me to come back, now, and I don't mean just you, Matt, but I mean the, the the group. If you guys want me to come back, get a good night's sleep the night before. Make sure you have uh, you know plenty of water or whatever in front of you. And, and like I said, I really could consume. We'd we'd like several more shows. I would certainly like to have you come back, almost like a, as a follow up to see where you're at. And here's here's what I would propose to you. And in between the time, why are you on one knee? And <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of proposal. Oh, good, good. Did you get the guy? Okay, thanks. But here's what I would propose to you between now and the time that you would come back is that rather than just leave things as they are, is um, I would invite you out to church. I appreciate your your challenge. Um, uh, when did you want to have me back? When are you coming to church? Okay, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to play this little circle, huh? Well, there, there, there's church Sunday. And now I understand that it's a few days away. I understand that. Um, what do you have a Yankees game on Sunday? <laughs> well, n not this weekend. I don't know. Um, I actually don't think I'm doing anything this Sunday. So now it goes to what time? Eleven o'clock. I know a good church. <laughs> and uh, I am a Yankees fan and, too. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean it. Oh, so, man, so what? What? What I would need to know, and we obviously can get uh, the information uh, uh, when we're not recording. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, how long? Where? Um, 
who you know do i what do you want me to bring that kind of type of stuff i know it sounds kind of funny but uh if you again going back to catholic type of stuff and the certain ritualistic type of things that take place uh i just uh, you know now now i'm also starting to think of will i fit in i don't want to look like the new guy brother (laughs) yeah this will be a piece of cake you'll do fine mike don't worry about it (laughs) yeah people who actually listen to this entire show are getting quite quite a laugh right now. See, but it'll be interesting to see if you get a few weeks of uh, or more of church under your belt of some preaching. I think things there'll be some some connections made too. Hmm. So uh, we can answer all those questions as far as where what to bring. Do you have a Bible? Uh, my Bible does not look like the Bibles that you guys pulled out. So no. Uh, uh, do I have one? Yes, I have. To, I will bring it and show it to you tomorrow. I promise you that. Well. Do you know? You do know what kind of Bible it is? No, I, I I'm sorry, I right. do not. I well, cannot tell you where my seats, the seats I have from Yan- the old Yankee Stadium. I can't tell you where they came from either. I have so a Bible like for you. I'll give you a Bible here before you leave tonight. I have a King James Bible, old school field. That so the Bible that I have you're saying is not good enough. I don't know what Bible you have. Well, so why don't you wait until you see it tomorrow? Why does this have to be an Ebenezer Costello routine? <laughs> <laughs> just give me just one day. I'm asking for one day. All right. <laughs> you can never have too many good Bibles, though. Field Bible is a good Bible, good study Bible. Yeah. Amen. It's a good Bible to start with. Uh, my my guess is you probably don't have an old Schofield. Uh, I probably do not, know. You know what, Pastor Strobel might know which one it is. Uh, the, the Bible is, uh, it, it kind of has a um, a border around it where there's uh, almost like um, translation or question type of things that go all the way around every page. Yeah, there they may be some side notes in there. Um, they weren't written be, by someone. They were. They were. It was actually published that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, we'd have to see it. There's so yeah. many. Even within the Catholic Church, if it was a Catholic Bible, no. there's a lot of different versions they use. Okay. So I well, I want to thank everyone for for remaining awake. <laughs> Steve, you still awake? I'm here. All right. Thank you. I'm listening intently. That's uh, Eric. You got to watch out for. He falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually true. It uh, did happen one time, and uh, fell asleep on me. I was trying to uh, be quiet, and then you know, so I thought, you know what? I'll just lie down here for a few minutes. <laughs> Before I knew it, they were calling for me. It's <laughs> funny. Something thank, like that. Thank you, everybody. Oh, thank oh, you. Thanks for being with us, Mike. We appreciate it's it. It's been good, Mike. God bless you. Well, that was fun, and. Uh, so, Pastor Strobel, are you going to bring in the next uh, lesson or episode for us? Well, Lord willing, I'd be glad to if we can uh, connect schedule-wise. Okay, great. So we'll work on that with you. And then uh, somewhere between now and a few weeks from now, we'll we'll tune in and get to see what's happened with Mike the intern, the cool. Yankees fan. Right? Forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Any last Just parting? kidding, Mike. Just kidding. Uh, I, know, I know. I know. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Any, Pastor Matt, anything else? I'm good. Steve? I'm fine. Pastor Strobel? As Hardy says, it's been real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matthew? I don't have enough time. I'm too long-winded. If I started, I'd go too long. I got I to gotta quit now. That's for sure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys again soon. Coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous be in the skies. Go where, go 
heavenward bound. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise, righteous be in the skies. Going where no going where no one dies. Heavenward bound, heavenward bound. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.